Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would and credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, You can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Inquiries of Our Reality, do me a favor and drop me a review or rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. While you're at it, come join the Discord or Telegram groups for the show. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow me across social media to stay updated on the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can subscribe to my Patreon for just $5 a month, where you will receive early access to inquiries of our reality, big dumb inquiries, and bizarre encounters. You can also support the show by donating on Anchor or Ko-fi, which will help me upgrade equipment and hopefully eventually do this full-time so I can put out even more awesome content for you guys. If you guys want some t-shirts or other awesome merchandise for Increase of Our Reality, Big Dumb Increase, or Bizarre Encounters, stop by my Teespring store and get yourself something nice. If you're a creator or a listener, come check out Open Minds Media. We have an awesome community of great people who would love to meet you. From our featured creator podcast feed, to chat rooms, to even help questions, this is the place for you. For more information on the community, the podcast feed, and to stay updated on all the new things coming, check us out on social media, and all their links are available on our link tree. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered on the show, or you feel you can contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form, shoot me a message on social media or feel free to email me at increaseofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the link tree link to be directed. Or remember, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash increaseofourrealitypodcast. Thank you so much, everyone. I appreciate all of you. And I couldn't be doing this without your support. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 60th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today with me, I have Vincent Field. He is the author of Astro Projection and Lucid Dreaming, Spiritual Revelations and Out-of-Body Experiences in Higher Dimensions, 
a complete guide to the explore to exploring non-physical reality. How's it going today, man? I'm doing well. Thanks. How you doing? Not too bad. So I guess uh, to start off, a good point to get everything rolling. Um, I know this is a very complicated concept as we were talking about before the show. So, so we don't lose anybody right off the beginning. Uh, why don't we start at like a good starting point where like we go from the beginning of your experiences and kind of build up from there. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So um, I started having uh, paranormal experiences when I was 14 years old. Uh, so when I was 14, I started practicing astral projection. And uh, this opened me up to all kinds of paranormal encounters. Uh, I mean, I was regularly having experiences with shadow beings, aliens, ghosts, malicious spirits, uh, higher level spiritual entities, deceased relatives, uh, the higher self. You know, I can go on. Um, and, uh, you know, there were a lot of really frightening encounters. And, uh, you know, there are even more incredible experiences, like really profound transformational experiences. And, you know, what's interesting about astral projection is it allows you to directly experience uh, the paranormal and, you know, and spiritual realities uh, because, you know, you're entering this territory, you're entering the territory of the paranormal and, you know, the spiritual. And, uh, you know, so it might be frightening to some, uh, but for me, I was always very curious and, you know, open-minded and I just wanted to explore and see what was out there, you know, discover the true nature of reality and the true nature of who I am, what this life is about. And, um, do, you, do yeah. you think it partly goes off of intention too, of course, in the aspect of like, if you go into it not being scared, you're not going to get things that might scare you. Or if you go into it being scared, you're kind of bringing like a negative energy towards you where there might be more things that scare you on that other side of seeing things. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, um, you know, your thoughts and your beliefs and your intentions, they kind of shape, um, you know, your your state of consciousness and, and your energy and, uh, you know, your your energetic frequency and so yeah if that is attuned to this low state of, of fear then when you have an out-of-body experience uh you're going to naturally project into uh, a dimension that that matches your own uh state of consciousness so yeah that's definitely something uh, that happens so i guess just having like that curious mindset like you were saying going into it too that probably helped you out as far as like getting further into it and not being scared away by it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, when I first started, um, there wasn't a lot of information uh, available at the time. Like most of the stuff that I learned was from the internet and, you know, back in the year 2000, uh, information was really limited. You know, it was like the early days of the internet. And so, um, you know, I didn't know much about it. I just, I, I learned about this, this concept out of body experiences. I found a method and I tried it. And within a week I was able to leave my body. And, um, what was this method? If you don't mind me asking before you continue. <clears throat> well, the essence of this method was to induce a particular state in which your body is asleep and your mind is awake. Uh, so typically you do a type of meditation uh, in which um, your body 
is relaxed and falls asleep. And at the same time, you keep your mind awake. And so, you know, in the beginning, I did this um, at night before bed. And, you know, it took a while. It would take up to an hour from the moment I started the method until the moment I was projecting from my body. But soon after this, I learned uh, another method, which was much more effective, way faster. And you do this method um, in the early morning. And it's the same concept, you know, you get your body to fall asleep while your mind remains awake. Uh, But in the early morning, your body and mind are already in the ideal state to project from the body. Because let's say after five or six hours of sleep, well, it's pretty easy to fall back asleep. Your body is already very relaxed. So your body's in that good state, but also your mind has already gotten a decent amount of rest. So, you know, as opposed to at night where your mind is, is tired, you know, um, you know, in the early morning, it's, it's pretty well rested. So you're able to, um, to achieve the out-of-body experience uh, much faster. Is it a matter of two of just not falling asleep in the process where like, you know, later at night um, in the process of you trying to do that, you might fall asleep completely? Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of times you'll, you'll just fall asleep uh, or sometimes you'll just be so exhausted. Uh, you'll just give up and you'll, you'll end the meditation and just turn around and fall asleep. Gotcha. So um, continuing on with your story too, uh, you said you're working on, you figured out this newer method where it's uh, a little bit faster. Yeah, right. Um, the method is essentially to wake up a couple hours before you usually wake up. Um, and, you know, it's not an exact science, but the method I first learned instructed to stay awake for up to an hour and then go back to bed. And then you do an affirmation meditation in which you focus on your third eye. It's an energy center, uh, a chakra, the third eye chakra. And you focus on this energy center between the eyebrows. And you repeat affirmations, um, typically, you know, um, designed to achieve this state. So maybe the affirmations will be, uh, my body is asleep, my mind is awake, or I'm consciously leaving my body, something like that. And you repeat these affirmations um, with the intention of them being absorbed into your third eye chakra, because it's said that the third eye is essentially a a link to the subconscious mind. And so what you want to do is you want to program your subconscious mind uh, to achieve this state. And um, typically you'll repeat these affirmations uh, until either you achieve this state or until you fall asleep. And the kicker is that if you do fall asleep, a lot of times the subconscious programming that you did with the affirmations will have worked and it will trigger the conscious out-of-body experience. Um, And so it's almost like a a win-win. Either, you know, you have that projection directly or you program the subconscious mind uh, to induce um, lucidity as 
you were leaving the body. So uh, having these types of experiences, um, what kind of places did you start seeing doing this? Did it start off with just kind of like small local places and then you kind of built up to other things? Or did you just start seeing different places that you couldn't quite explain right off the bat doing this process? Um, yeah. Um, well, let me explain the nature of uh, these astral dimensions, you know, these other dimensions of reality that you experience during out-of-body experiences. Um, essentially, reality exists as an entire spectrum of different dimensions um, that resonate at different frequencies. And, you know, it's similar to how there are different frequencies of light and we only perceive like a limited range of these frequencies and, you know, the rest of the light spectrum, like infrared and X-ray, um, they're invisible to us, uh, you know, but they still exist. And so in the same way, uh, these higher dimensions, the astral dimensions, they still exist. We just don't perceive them while we're grounded in the physical body. So when you have an out-of-body experience, your consciousness projects into these higher dimensions. And, and like I said, they exist in a spectrum. You can say from low to high. So like on the low end, are the dimensions that are um, just slightly higher than the physical dimension. And on the high end, well, you basically get progressively uh, higher from there. And, you know, by higher, it doesn't mean like, you know, a level on like a vertical, um, you know, scale, but it's more like um, the rate of uh, the frequency of the, the energetic vibrations of that of that level of that realm of that dimension and uh so as as this energy gets higher and higher um you uh, experience higher and higher dimensions of reality so the lower dimensions typically um, look sometimes almost identical to the physical world but as you get higher into the dimensional spectrum um, reality starts to become really different from the physical world and you know things become a lot more um, unique and abstract and you know in the higher levels um, there aren't even words to accurately describe what it's like because it's so different from what we're used to here in this physical dimension so uh, typically in the beginning of your practice uh, you will project into these lower dimensions so Typically, the environment looks a lot like the physical world. Um, and, you know, throughout um, practice and development and experience, you begin to access higher and higher dimensions. Um, but, you know, that can take months, years. So, yeah, in the beginning, um, typically the environment that I experienced after leaving my body looked just like, you know, my room. I would be in my room. Um, I would fly out of the window. And the neighborhood would look pretty much the same. And uh, yeah. Now, do you think that there's an association between these different uh, frequency levels and like psychedelics, for example? Because from the way you're describing it and, you know, coming from somebody that's used psychedelics, you kind of feel like a vibration as it continues through. And, you know, when you're doing like the lighter psychedelics, it's like things are pretty close to how they should be, but they're slightly different. And then when you get into like the heavier psychedelics like DMT, it's like you get thrown into a whole other dimension. Is it almost like a possible glimpse because of you possibly, 
you know, connecting with the same vibration where you can kind of start seeing a glimpse into these higher dimensions? Like, do you think there's a connection between that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think some of these drugs can, um, can allow you, allow you to experience other dimensions of reality, other, you know, um, valid, real dimensions of reality. So, you know, I don't think all, you know, trips, DMT, mushrooms, ayahuasca, I don't think they're all just hallucinations, you know, in your mind. I think it is possible to access other levels of reality. Yeah, I think what you said uh, makes sense. See, and it's kind of interesting, too, because I know doing uh, some research on mushrooms in particular, that uh, when you're on mushrooms, there's actually less brain activity when you would assume that there's more brain activity. So that, in a way, kind of shows that it could possibly be almost like an antenna that the things that you're seeing aren't things that you're creating in your mind, but things that are like we were saying um, are kind of a glimpsing into the next level up, for example. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, continuing on, um, what are, what are some of the places that you've seen and experience? Uh, well, man, uh, where do I start? Um, this is the nitty gritty. This is stuff that I'm, I'm super interested in. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, well, like I said in the, in the beginning, the environment pretty much looked like the physical world. Um, now, the most um, interesting thing about my early experiences uh, was not where I went, but who I encountered. Uh, from the very beginning, I think my, my second experience, I encountered a shadow being or a shadow person I lifted from my body and there was this, this huge shadow being right next to me. It was like this, this big dark silhouette, probably over seven feet tall. It was huge. And it was just terrifying because the thing is like at that time, um, like I said, I didn't know much about what to expect because I didn't, do a lot of research. I didn't have a lot of uh, information uh, to access at that time. And so I didn't expect this. It was just there in front of me. And, you know, I freaked out. Now, had I known that these entities existed before, maybe I would have been a little prepared for it. Um, but, you know, I was terrified and I snapped back into my body because what happens is there's a type of um, reflex that triggers when you experience like a heightened state of fear while you're out of your body and you automatically re-enter your body. Like a fight and, or flight kind of response almost. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I left my body again. Uh, it's very common to have back-to-back uh, -back projections. And, uh, and so I immediately lifts it out of my body again. And this shadow being was still there. Like it hadn't moved. It was still in the same exact place. And, uh, I just had enough. I, you know, I, I said, I'm good for today. I went back to my body. And, and so over the next, um, uh, couple of years, probably I would encounter these shadow beings, um, pretty frequently, typically immediately after leaving my body. And, you know, um, eventually I learned that if I just ignored them, then I was able to, um, you know, either leave that area or 
uh, eventually I was able to actually shift into a higher dimension in which they don't exist and they would be gone. And so like in that case, I wouldn't actually like fly out of the window or fly through the roof, you know, leave that particular area, but I would shift into another dimension still in the same space. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and yeah, I, I basically learned to, you know, control my fear because they never actually hurt me, you know? And I, I realized that after a while, like they don't actually hurt me. So, you know, let me stop with this, this fear bullshit. And, uh, you know, eventually, um, I began to completely bypass this lower dimension where they exist. And I just stopped encountering them altogether. But yeah, typically they exist in, in the lowest dimension. Um, and, you know, it's common to, to see them during like sleep paralysis. And some people even say they see them, um, you know, during normal uh, waking consciousness, you know, in the real world. Maybe that's the type of, of like bleed over of dimensions because like where they exist in my experience is very close to the physical dimension. It's like just slightly higher than the physical dimension. That's what I was about to ask is if you think it's something that's above or below now, like I've had experiences with shadow people and my best idea of like what I think they may be is there's like a, like a dimension, I guess you could say that's like the void and I kind of have this idea that they might be like the things that live within that void dimension. But I guess coming from your own experiences and your own research, just because I love this topic, uh, like what do you believe that shadow people are or like where do they come from or like what, what do you think their purpose might be? That's a good question. Um, you know, there is one idea that they are typically a manifestation of um, your fears, right? Um, but I mean, just the fact that I went into my experience uh, without this fear and without any expectation of encountering them. Um, and they were, they were still there, you know, I think that negates that theory uh, in general. It's possible that, that um, some um, encounters with entities like this are a manifestation of, of the subconscious mind. Uh, but, you know, in my experience, these are um, like valid independent entities. And I've actually had, experiences with these shadow people um in higher dimensions and i i've had incredible experiences with them believe it or not and um do they so look it's, the same in these like higher dimensions or is it one of those things i've heard people say theories where it's like they don't actually look like a shadow but like we even in higher dimensions can't like perceive what they look like so we like basically just turn them into a black shadow ourselves yeah, yeah. Um, they did look the same. And like you said, um, you know, I've theorized this before as well, that, you know, perhaps we're just not able to perceive their true form. And so like, this is how we see them and just a, a big black blob shadow. But um, um, or yeah, maybe we're I, not capable of like picking up the colors they give off, like maybe they're colors that are uncomprehendable by the human eye, and they might be some type of like light being, for example, but we can't perceive the colors that they're giving off. So it just reflects back as like black to our eye, you know? Sure. Sure. Now, I mean, during these experiences, um, you begin to, to get a type of uh, psychic sense where you're able to, um, to gain insight into the nature of your experience that seems to come from um, like a higher source. And so uh, you're also able to, 
to pick up on um, other beings' energy, right? And so uh, there are some experiences where they just radiate with this negative energy. And others, um, it wasn't the case at all. You know what I mean? So kind of like um, people, some have good intentions, some have bad. You can't say that an entire race has all the same purpose and all the same intention because you couldn't say that about people. So who's to say it about any other entity that exists in the universe? Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going farther in, uh, what other types of like entities have you seen having these experiences and what other types of like strange places have you, have you experienced, uh, doing these, the lucid dreaming and, uh, astral projection? Okay. Um, uh, one of my earlier experiences, um, that stands out is an encounter I had with my deceased great grandmother. And so around this time, it may have been a couple of years, a few years into my practice, I started to, um, I started to understand the way um, these other realities work and how to navigate them. And it's almost like learning to walk, you know, because it's a totally different uh, way to maneuver in these other dimensions. And so I learned that intention is everything. And I started to to experience my intentions manifesting in my experience um, more and more. And then, you know, in the beginning, I didn't really have any clear goals or missions. I just left my body and just explored wherever I happened to go. I would go there. Whoever I happened to encounter, I would see them. But I wanted to kind of take things a step further in my practice and so I started to, um, you know, set out to achieve goals, right? I made a list of goals. And one of my goals was to meet my deceased great-grandmother. And so I left my body and I, I stated this intention with, with all of my might and, um, you know, with confidence, with clarity. And the next thing I knew, I was flying through space. And I was, I was shooting past stars and planets and I see this light in the distance. And, uh, as I approach this light, I realize it's my great grandmother and, you know, we met and we, we communicated and it was an incredible experience. And it was one of the, the earliest experiences I, I had where I set an intention and the experience unfolded like I, I was pulled through space by a force. I didn't go out there intentionally. It was like something brought me there just through my intention. And, um, and so I realized this was a, a really great way, um, you know, to take my experiences to the next level and really, you know, start to, to learn and explore and, um, you know, make the most of this practice. Um, so I guess, uh, you could probably give me a little bit of uh, logic on this one too. Um, I had an experience that kind of reminded me of what you're saying with the like shooting through space experience. Um, I used to do this thing. I don't know if other people do it or not. It's probably something other people do, but um, when I'm going to fall asleep, I'll plug in like a nightlight that's in my eyesight with my eyes closed. And the best way I can describe it is it almost reminds me of like leaving a light on in the back of the house where it can still make me aware 
of being in the dream while I'm in the dream. So this one particular time, um, I was walking around this house and then I walked in the bathroom and then that was when I realized that like, hey, I'm in a dream. So I said, hey, I'm going to try to control this dream. And as I tried to control the dream, it went into overdrive and all the walls fell out of the bathroom and I started getting pulled through space at a super high, fast rate. And for whatever reason, um, like flying through space, like terrifies me. So I'm like freaking out, trying to like throw myself awake. Um, but like, say if you have experiences like that, if it's a connection to another frequency, another universe, could it have been that like I was going somewhere that I was supposed to go? Or do you think it's one of those things where sometimes if you try to control it and you aren't experienced controlling it, it's kind of just like, fuck you. And it takes control and, you know, it just goes into like hyperdrive. Well, um, <clears throat> What I've learned, you know, through experience is that um, we're connected to uh, what is called the higher self. And essentially the higher self is, uh, is who we are um, at a higher level of consciousness. And this higher self can direct our experiences while we're out of body and in lucid dreams. And, you know, sometimes... Um, it will, you know, direct you and lead you to have a particular experience that you may not like intentionally, uh, want to have, or, you know, intend to have. And so like in a case like that, yeah, it could, it could be, um, you know, another aspect, a higher aspect of your consciousness, you know, who we are, who we understand ourselves to be as these individuals is just such a small aspect of who we truly are as, as spiritual entities. And so a lot of times this higher aspect of, of our consciousness can take control of these experiences and, you know, lead us to have an experience that, um, you know, it knows that we should have, um, and, you know, we're just not aware of that fact. And so, you know, uh, you go with it and you see, you know, where it leads you. Um, so do you think that, uh, like that method is something that works or do you think that it's a method that isn't very like controlled in that aspect and that, um, like it, it just needs a little bit more practice or do you think it was kind of like you were saying where it wouldn't have mattered the process in which I did it. It was just a matter of like my higher self trying to project a certain message mm -hmm. you're referring to the method that you t you said yeah with the with the leaving a light on within my vision like when i have my eyes mm -hmm. closed i can still kind of see the light through my eyelids kind of a thing um so do you think that light triggered your lucidity in that dream that's that's how i've got it because i've noticed for myself at least that i used to have a nightlight on the side of the bed and every time i'd fall asleep that way I would become aware of the fact that I was in the dream while I was dreaming. And then I noticed when I unplugged that light, it wasn't like that anymore. Like I said, it kind of reminded me of like leaving a light on in the back of the house, you know, like mm -hmm. you, you don't fully go to sleep. You're still paying attention subconsciously to that light. So like part of your mind still stays awake and makes it so that you can fall asleep, but still have your subconscious awake. Okay, sure. Yeah, man. If it works, it works, you know, can't argue with that. True. <laughs> So um, you said that you had different like alien experiences and different things like that. Um, did you have these experiences at a younger age before you started doing all of this lucid dreaming? Or was it a thing where 
you did see these things at a younger age, and then you continued to see them as you got farther into lucid dreaming. Um, well, <clears throat> my my direct experiences with entities that that looked like aliens um, came a few years after I started astral projecting, and um, it was it was almost similar to my experiences with the shadow beings. Um, because, you know, after a while I stopped encountering the shadow beings. Um, but then these aliens started to come and it was, it was similar in the sense that I would leave my body and they would be there like waiting for me. How would uh, you but, uh, physically describe them also? Just so people kind of have like an idea of like what type of like alien type being you're talking about. They looked a lot like the grays, the gray aliens, but they had light orange skin and they looked a lot like the alien that's on the cover of Whitley Strieber's communion, that book, mm -hmm. or if you've seen, seen the movie communion, they looked a lot like those aliens and um, <clears throat> a lot of really weird, disturbing experiences with them over the years. Um, if you don't mind uh, brushing I, over some of them, I'd love to hear them. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, you know, what happens is that sometimes you will enter the astral projection. Your consciousness uh, will enter uh, the astral dimension before you actually separate from the body. So you'll essentially be laying in bed in a meditative state, and your consciousness will shift into the astral dimension while you're still occupying the same space as your body and so what happens and it's essentially sleep paralysis right your body falls asleep your consciousness shifts into a higher dimension uh, but you're not yet projected from the body but you can you can see you know um you gain sight your eyes are closed um but your consciousness is now at a higher level and you can see the room around you you can see the dimension around you and you know in sleep paralysis you'll typically not really be projected into a higher dimension yet. And so I would enter this state and these aliens would be around me. Uh, sometimes they'd be bent over, like looking at me directly in the face, like face to face, like, like a few inches from my face, like these big black eyes just, just right in my grill. And uh, it was really frightening because, you know, from a young age, I always did have a fear of aliens, uh, just like watching movies about, you know, true stories of alien abductions. And um, I was always, I was always afraid of aliens. And so now, you know, all of a sudden they were here and like, you know, they were essentially stalking me and it was just, it was just crazy. I, you think they were watching you almost to like see what you're capable of, almost like doing research on their end just to see like, because I hear a lot of experiences with lucid dreaming and seeing alien type beings. And it makes me wonder if it's a matter of like, they're always there and they're watching and observing people to see what their abilities might be and be like, oh, you can see me like, <laughs> you know, so, so they kind of keep an eye on th people that they find interesting that they think might have these types of abilities, you know? Yeah, it is possible. And I, you know, I've had experiences that would indicate that this is the case. And, and, you know, the thing is, I never expected to, to encounter these aliens 
in my out-of-body experiences, I'd always thought they were, you know, physical beings. Like they would come abduct me maybe, but like they wouldn't be out of body. Uh, but there they were. And, you know, uh, I came to, to understand that they, they operate in the astral dimensions. Um, I don't know if like that's their home base, like maybe they're physical and they can project their consciousness there just like we do. Um, but it would make sense for them to be able to travel like far distances in such a short period of time. If they found a method where they don't physically have to travel to these locations, you know, yeah, and that would also sure. make sense why they disappear so fast, possibly too, when people do have sightings of them. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And they were just disturbing. Like just the, the energy that they radiated was just, just sinister. And, you know, sometimes um, I wouldn't expect to encounter them, but before even leaving my body, I would, I would pick up this, this energy that they had. And, uh, and it was just so disturbing. And then, you know, my sight will come and I would see like, uh, it's them. And, you know, there are a lot of experiences that would indicate that, you know, these, it's not just like my own mind, my own, my own subconscious kind of projecting this negativity onto them, but like it was really coming from them. And, you know, I picked up um, the sense that they were almost mechanical in a way because their movements were almost robotic. Like sometimes they'd be looking at me and their their heads would twitch, jerk from side to side in a way that's not like any kind of like biological entity, you know, like like a robot with a glitch or something. And their movements in general were kind of stiff and uh, just really disturbing, man. You know, this, this one time I, uh, I shifted, I, I was basically in a state of sleep paralysis, but I shifted into a higher dimension and there's this alien standing over me on my bed and it reaches its hand and its arm into my mouth and into my throat and, and I could feel it. And it, it wasn't my physical body, you know, um, like I said, when you enter the state, you're now basically in the astral dimension. So I was perceiving another dimension where it was reaching into my body through my mouth and, and I felt it and it felt just like my physical body, you know, it was my energy body, but, um, uh, really, really crazy stuff, man. See that my, makes my... me, I'll say that makes me wonder, like when you astro project, do you still have like a connection to your physical body in the aspect of like, like if something happened to your physical body, like, you know, somebody like, like flicked you or something like that. Would you also feel that in your astral body? Or is it like when your astral body leaves your physical body that your physical body doesn't feel like the same as your like projection body, if that makes any sense? Like, like does it transition into that other body still? Like you still have that connection? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because really, um, what happens is that your consciousness doesn't just leave the body, but it kind of like replicates itself. It kind of splits off into multiple dimensions of reality simultaneously. And so there will be an aspect of your consciousness still in the body. And there will also be aspects of your consciousness out in multiple dimensions at the same time. And, you know, I learned this mainly um, from having experiences where I had multiple 
um, perceptions of being in in multiple um, levels of reality at the same time and, you know, being able to switch back and forth between them. And so, yeah, what happens is, you know, an aspect of your consciousness uh, picks up on something like closer to the physical dimension, but it, you know, it's all linked throughout your consciousness. And so you can also pick up on that, that sense perception in other levels of reality. So like with that, would you, uh, like, are you physically seeing like one dimension or are you like seeing physically like three different dimensions at the same time? Like as confusing as that sounds. Yeah, it sounds confusing and the experience is even more confusing, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, in a way, yeah, it, it can be like that. And, um, you know, sometimes it's a visual, uh, sometimes it's, it's more of, um, Uh, a feeling um, like energy. Um, Like for example, uh, on some, in some experiences, I would be affected out in a higher dimension, my energy body. For example, I would be touched by an entity and, and that sensation that would be caused this, this energetic sensation, I would feel out there in that dimension but then immediately my awareness would split to uh, my physical body and I would feel it there as well. I would feel both at the same time. And, you know, you're able to distinguish the different levels um, in a way that's it's hard to describe because there's really nothing uh, like this that we experience just in the physical body. So that's why I seem to relate a lot of these experiences to like psychedelics is because it's things that are like, undescribable by our modern language but when you're in that state they completely make sense yeah it's exactly like that especially in the higher dimensions for sure um so another thing too that i was going to ask you said that you saw multiple different types of beings um i hear a lot of people refer to these like mantis type beings as being like watcher type beings uh have you ever had experiences with mantis type looking beings uh, yeah, uh, one experience comes to mind. It was closer to the the early days of my practice. And I was out in the astral dimension. I was just flying around exploring. And um, I was in a somewhat lower dimension. You know, it was dark. Typically, the lower dimensions are dark. Like, it's almost always night. And um, kind of reminds me of the upside down or something from uh, Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think there's actually like a lot of truth in, in that series. And so I was drawn to this one house in the distance. I was out just flying up in the sky and I, and I, you know, I saw this house and something just attracted me to it. And I went into this house and I was just looking around. I, you know, I wasn't sure why I was there, but just exploring. And the next thing I know, there was this alien right next to me and its head looked like a mantis, like a big, like praying mantis head. And, and this was a really unusual experience because it seemed like I experienced a period of missing time uh, because, you know, one moment this, this alien was right next to me and the next moment it was gone. And I could tell like time had passed 
And uh, I couldn't remember what happened. And it was like this feeling like, you know, something happened, uh, but you just can't remember it. It's like something was like blocking me from from that memory. Um, but, you know, I got this like this disturbed feeling. And and at that moment, I was like, uh, things are getting really weird. And I actually started to feel like I was going to be like trapped in this reality, as weird as it sounded, because honestly, uh, you you might hear this idea like, oh, what if you get stuck out of your body? Well, that couldn't be farther from the truth because just the slightest thought of getting back into your body will cause you to re-enter your body immediately. The, the the hard part is staying out of your body, and like that's that's what you uh, you work on, like being able to to stay out for longer and longer periods of time because it's not easy. Uh, but in this case, it was like. Uh, things got so real in this other reality that I started to almost forget my like my physical reality and I got worried and I was like I gotta get back and yeah that was uh that was one of my only experiences with like the mantis type of entity that I can remember um but you know man we have just in general people have so many experiences in other levels of reality that we just don't remember, you know, um, man, it, it's hard to say like how many times I've encountered entities like this or you or anyone else, because, you know, like I said, so much goes on kind of behind the scenes of, of our conscious awareness. You know what I mean? And I mean, they're like the watcher type too. So like theoretically they may not want you to see them. And if you do see them, it could almost be like a, for lack of a better term, like a men in black type scenario where they might like ask you questions, try to figure out more things because they're clearly here to observe for some reason. And then they kind of like blank your mind out after that so that you don't have a remembrance of them, but they still got the information that they possibly needed from you. Right, right. True. That's why these uh, mantis beings seem so like elusive and like people that do describe them, they're kind of like watching from a distance. And I've had a few people who've come on with uh, different encounters and they kind of say that like they've seen them before. And as soon as they get noticed, they like take off and disappear. That's interesting, man. And, you know, honestly, I haven't done a lot of research into entities like this. Um, but what's interesting is that a lot of my experiences seem to coincide with other experiences that, you know, I later come to find were so similar to mine in, in many ways, you know, and it's not like, oh, I read these before and like that kind of colored my own experience. But it was like, you know, after the fact, I realized like it kind of, um, you know, adds uh, a little validity to, to your own experiences when you realize other people have had very similar experiences. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And it's like one of those things that a lot of people don't want to believe you because I don't know when information came out first, but theoretically, like you wouldn't have a reason to look up that information unless you've had those experiences. True. True. Um, so another one I was going to ask you about too. Um, so hopefully this isn't too far out there for a lot of the listeners. I guess people listening to the show, they probably have heard me talk about this multiple times, but the whole like reptilian concept where people use it in multiple ways one is that there it uses like a term for just like cold-blooded people for example just you know just as like a descriptive word then there's the people that believe in like full-on like reptilians that are here in this physical plane in reality and then there's kind of like the plane that i'm on where 
a lot of people's descriptions of like when they see reptilians, it's like this like face changing type thing where they don't look like they're physically in this universe. So like my question is with your experiences, have you seen any of these reptilian beings and could they possibly be something from a higher dimension that knows how to, you know, say like control people or like temporarily like take over a vessel. And that's why people will have those like times when they'll, they'll say like people's faces change and things like that is because it's something that's not actually in this physical reality, but it finds a way to like take control of things within this physical reality. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I've never encountered an entity that looked like a reptilian, but if it's true that they're able to, you know, shape shift and they exist in these higher dimensions. And, you know, I would imagine that at some point I had, you know, encountered one of them and I just didn't realize it was them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like I said, that's more of like a, I don't know if it's them necessarily like changing their look or if it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, if there's two souls per se inside of a body, you know, it, the body might start to kind of like show traits of that second consciousness that's within that body. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Not a lot of experience with reptilians. Um, so just because I'm always fascinated with just different entities and things like that. Um, what, what, what other types of entities have you seen having these experiences? Um, well, Maybe we can take a break from the, the negative entities. Um, I've encountered angels, okay? entities that, that look like angels. You see it and you, you think this is an angel. And the thing is, like, when I started my practice, I wasn't religious. I didn't necessarily even believe in angels. It was like they were just there, you know, and what can I say? And so... Was it like the biblical interpretation of like an angel or was it like the light being interpretation or was it the like crazy, um, uncomprehendable by people description of like an angel? Uh -huh. Yeah, maybe like a combination between like a biblical appearance and like a, a light being. Um, some of them have been enormous, like hundreds of feet tall and and the power that radiates them, radiates from them, uh, is is just so incredible. It's like it's nothing that you can ever experience, in, like in this physical world. Like nothing has this power. Um, and yet, yeah, you know, I've seen them do some pretty crazy things, and not all of it I can really uh, explain or understand. Um, and With you know, a lot most of the time, like it's not like oh, I want to see an angel it's like i'll be out in a higher dimension and then suddenly like i'm face to face with one and you know sometimes um i'll have another intention and then suddenly this angel will manifest and it's kind of like my intention um it does manifest um but through this this angel but that that wasn't my intention like i didn't want to see this angel but he kind of just appeared and and allowed the experience to unfold are these uh, like light being angels, would you say like the highest end of the spectrum or would you say they're like middle range of the spectrum or like where, 
where would be like the the farthest point that you know of as far as like beings in this dimensional spectrum? Mm -hmm. Huh. It's hard to say. I mean, at the farthest, highest end of the spectrum, um, things get so abstract and so different. Um, it's like, how would you like describe the, the it? idea of it? Okay. Here's how I, I would describe it. Um, I guess best you can describe it, like putting it into words. <laughs> uh huh. It's like every sense perception is multidimensional. It's so when you see something, it's not only a visual thing, but that visual perception also uh, takes the form of of emotions and sound and and all these other um, levels of experience, and and that and that happens with all the perceptions, you know, in some of the higher dimensions, there will be this, this beautiful heavenly music just radiating throughout the whole dimension. Uh, unlike any music you can ever hear here in the physical world. Um, but you don't just hear this music. It's like you see it, it manifests as colors and, and emotions and, and, and so much more that you just can't really describe in words. You know what I mean? And so, like, these realities are all just, like, um, this abstract, multidimensional, like, um, conglomeration of uh, these experiences that um, are just mind-blowing, basically. So, like, I, I've heard a lot of people talking about, like, DMT experiences and seeing these, like, entities that would create things out of, like, sound. Like, they would, like, talk and, like, with their vibrational sound that they would like create things um is it almost kind of like that in a sense where like the vibrations are so intense that it almost like forms into something physical kind of like you were describing with like the different colors and everything yeah that sounds pretty pretty similar yeah and i mean like in these in these really higher dimensions uh like some of the entities like are so so immense that you can't actually see them because they're just so large. Like, like at, at times, like I would kind of uh, merge with these entities uh, because you know um, their their scale is just so big. It's like it's like I'm I'm in a city right now. I'm in a state. I'm in a country. It's like the entity is the country that I'm in. You know what I mean? Like you can't see the country from where you're located, situated right now. And it's kind of like that. Wow, that's crazy to think about. Just fathoming something that large. But I mean, in the grand scheme of the universe, like, you know, we're, we're tiny beings. So like there could be farther end spectrums of the universe where like that's the normal size. And, you know, we're we're like ants compared to them. And that's how they perceive us, you know. Right, uh, right. So going into like the farthest dimensions, like you yourself, what do you believe is like the absolute like farthest you've seen? And having seen that, um, did you, let's say like discover anything that you feel has like changed your life or altered anything in your life after experiencing those? Yeah, definitely. Um, I can't say there is just one particular, um, experience, but you know, in general, when I'm out in the, the highest dimensions that I've accessed so far, um, there are a few characteristics of, of these dimensions and of the experience. Um, so like there's, 
um, a permeating state of bliss, right? It's this emotion. Um, it's not just love. It's more than that because there's also this connection that you experience uh, with God and with like the universe, with all of creation, with all living entities. And, and you, you experience like your connection, this oneness, right? And um, what happens is that this becomes so intense, uh, this experience, this feeling, this emotion, uh, this connection, um, it becomes too intense for your, your conscious mind to, to hold on to, you know, and, you know, to, to truly um, kind of grasp. And at, at times it feels like, like your identity is just like fracturing, like you're just like exploding. And, is it almost um, like a, like an ego death type situation? Yeah, right. It is. And, and then you, and then there's a, a remembrance of like, of who you truly are um, as, as a spiritual entity. And we were talking about this before we started um, how sometimes in these higher dimensions, like this physical world seems like a dream. Well, it's like that. It's like, you realize like, this is a true reality. Like this is my home and who I am back on earth. Like, that's a dream. That's an illusion compared to this. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's life changing because it, it changes, uh, your, your whole perception of, of who you are and what reality is and, you know, what your life is about and, and other people, it changes how you see other people. And, um, you know, just like this, this knowledge, um, it influences um, your beliefs and your thoughts, you know, in turn, those influence your actions. And so, uh, you know, I think that you can really gain something beneficial from these experiences. So uh, having had these experiences, um, like, what do you think is like the purpose of this dimension or this plane or this reality, like whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, it's just for learning, for growth, you know, spiritual development. Um, what I've experienced in, in these higher dimensions is that, you know, I mentioned this permeating state of bliss, um, but out there, it doesn't really change. And so when you're in this constant state of bliss, uh, there isn't much room for, uh, for growth, for development, you know, you're just, just bathed in bliss. And, you know, it's, it, incredible experience but um you know down here like in this world um it's where the the real growth happens and so we kind of temporarily forget who we truly are as these you know immense spiritual entities and you know we come down here um to basically gain new experiences and you know have new chances to, to grow and develop as, as spiritual beings. So like that being said too, uh, going into like the whole idea of like reincarnation, um, do you think it's a matter of with each like life, say you're supposed to climb to the next dimension. So the end game at the end of it is that maybe you would physically become one of these beings that are so big that, you know, you, you couldn't even like fathom how big they are. And if you, 
fail at whatever you're supposed to do in each dimension, you just keep like restarting that dimension. You think that's kind of like where the whole idea of like reincarnation comes into is like, if you fail, you continue here. But if you succeed, then you kind of start building up the ladder and, you know, keep going to become an even more farther in dimensional being where you've learned your lessons. And then finally you can get to this state of like bliss and just happiness all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, I agree with, uh, with part of that, uh, the part being that, you know, uh, as we develop, um, and grow and, and learn and, and progress throughout, uh, you know, throughout life and throughout these dimensions and realities, uh, we do, um, grow as spiritual entities. So like, you know, we will become like even more enormous, uh, you know, beings more powerful, you know, as, as we learn and grow. But, um, from what I've discovered, uh, reincarnation is, is not this linear, um, cycle. It's not this loop where, you know, your body dies and then you're born in a new body and that one dies and it's this cycle. Um, but when I have merged with my higher self, I've uh, experienced firsthand my other uh, incarnations. But these aren't um, this cyclical reincarnational um, type of cycle, um, but it's simultaneous. See, at the level of the higher self, in these higher dimensions, uh, time um, is not really uh, an influence. And so you experience all of this essentially simultaneously. And uh, you experience the fact that um, it's not actually you as your current personality who is born into a new body, but it's an aspect of, of your consciousness on this higher level, which is the higher self. Our higher self is us, but at our, our truest, highest uh, level of consciousness. But um, you and, and, and me, we're just probes, right? And so the higher self sends out all these different probes to have these different experiences at different you know, moments of time throughout history. Um, but these are all individual um, beings who, you know, we are connected with throughout the same consciousness at the highest level, but we're also s separated from, in a sense, especially down here at this, this lower level. And so um, it's not a, a matter of, you know, being reborn, but it's a matter of, of having this life and then integrating our experiences and, and, and learning and growth back into our higher self, along with all the other probes, all the other incarnations, uh, together. And then from there, you know, once we've collectively, you know, gained what we wanted to gain, what we needed to, to learn from this level of reality, then it's a matter of, you know, progressing into a, a, a higher level. That makes, so yeah, that, that makes sense. And then like, my question would be going off of like that whole theory and concept too. Um, is it possible that like the shadow people we see could be like a link to the paranormal in the aspect of like, that could be like a, like a purgatory dimension in a sense where 
there are things that transition to the next level, but like not fully to the next level. So they're like observing to learn in order to get to that next level. Huh. I'm not sure, man. Um, hmm. Purgatory is, is a interesting um, concept. I had this one experience and um, I was with a, a guide, like a spirit guide. And, and the spirit guide was, was holding this, this big book. It was a giant book. And, and I saw the title of the book and the title was a guide to purgatory. And, uh, and that concept is, is interesting because I do think that, um, the astral dimensions, um, are a type of, of purgatory, especially the lower dimensions. Um, cause you will find, uh, people who have died, who are kind of stuck in these lower afterlife dimensions almost like a purgatory they're attached to something from their life they can't move on or they're just stuck in this like um uh this negative you know mind state emotional uh state and um so do you think you that know, might be like a dimension like under our dimension because it's like a negative dimension dimension if that makes sense like they have to like correct themselves in that dimension to have a chance to be back in this dimension to again go farther Man, in my experience, the physical dimension is is the base, so it's like the lowest. So, like even the the lowest uh, non physical dimensions are higher uh, than the physical dimension, just just uh, based on um, the fact of 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 the energy. You know, you know, the physical dimension is basically resonating with like the densest, slowest energy, and so when you're out in these these lower negative realms, you know, astral dimensions. Um, they, they are still higher than the physical. Um, and, you know, in the physical world, we have the good and the bad. There's kind of, you know, both sides of things. And so, you know, it's, it's like that out in, in non-physical reality, in the astral dimensions, you know, you got the, the negative side and then, you know, the positive as well. Yeah, that definitely makes, makes a little bit more sense, I guess, as far as like going into that method of thinking. Um, so I guess my next question too, uh, because you know people have been really interested in this concept. Uh, you have a book out about it, so I'd like to talk to about about the book a little bit. Um, I'd like to give the listeners just like a rough idea what the book's about, see if there's it's something they'd be interested in, um, and like what also inspired you to write the book. Okay, for sure. Um, well, <clears throat> the majority of the book uh, was already written before I actually wrote the book. And this is because the majority of the book consists of, of my experiences. And over the years of my practice, um, I kept journals of all of my experiences. And so, um, you know, I eventually decided, you know, I had experienced enough and learned enough that I was, you know, I was ready to, to share this with the world and, you know, uh, help other people to do this. And um, so I, I selected some of my more profound experiences and other experiences that um, could serve as, as um, tools, you know, teaching tools uh, in one way or another, um, you know, something that you could gain from each experience to kind of shed a little more insight into the nature of, of, you know, these other realities and, you know, who we are and, and all that. And so, um, you know, the book is basically, 
organized in a chronological fashion. So, so you see how I start and how I progress throughout the years. And along the way, I also explain, uh, you know, the methods, the techniques uh, that I used, that I tried, that I developed over the years. And you see how that, that develops and progresses. And, you know, in that sense, you can begin to, to practice this yourself, you know, have your own experiences. And, you know, I also provide um, kind of like afterthoughts after each experience, um, you know, from the perspective of having had these experiences for over 20 years and looking back, you know, so like my first experience, you know, something happened. And at that time, I didn't necessarily understand everything about it. Uh, but now looking back, like, I know like, oh, this is why that happened. This is what happened. And so I also bring, um, you know, that insight um, to, uh, to all the experiences. So, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, in the very least, you'll read some really, really interesting, crazy experiences. And, you know, at the most, you can, you know, put it to practice and start your own practice and, uh, you know, have your own experiences. For anybody that has never tried to astral project, lucid dream, anything like that before, um, what do you feel is like the absolute best like beginner method of somebody who just wants to try it to kind of like get an idea of like what they're doing before they start getting into like the more advanced methods. Yeah. Um, I would say the, the early morning technique that I described in the beginning, um, is one of the best, you know, um, it worked for me right away. You know, like I said, the first method that I used took a little less than a week for me to, to, to get, uh, but this early morning method, it was basically instantly, like the first time I tried it, I was able to do it. And it takes uh, a lot less time too. Um, in the book, I call it the, the wake back to bed method. And, you know, you could also find this online. There are different variations. Uh, what I explain in the book is, is my own particular um, variation, you know, um, and, you know, like I said, that includes uh, the subconscious programming, affirmations, uh, the third eye meditation, um, which, you know, I think without doing those um, parts of the method, it probably won't be as effective, although it, it could still work. Um, but, you know, over the years, uh, it just gets easier and easier and you learn to, to catch yourself in, in this ideal state to, to project from the body. Uh, even faster. So, you know, uh, nowadays I can wake up and be out of my body in a matter of, of seconds. Whereas before I'd have to go through this process where I would get up for an hour, you know, go back to bed and all this. Um, so yeah, you'll see that progression over time. Um, I think the most important thing though, is, um, it's not just the method, but it's, it's your, your mindset going into it. Because, you know, I've worked with a lot of people over the years trying to help them with their own practice. And, you know, I notice certain issues that these people have um, confidence, right? You need to be confident uh, in your ability to do this, right? If you have some kind of doubt, that's going to hold you back. Um, you know, you need to be motivated and you also need to be dedicated, right? You need to be consistent in your practice. You know, I, I've spoken with people over the years who just don't put enough time into it, you know? Maybe once a week, they'll give it a shot, twice a week. Well, you know, when I was doing it, I was doing it 
every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And, uh, you know, so you, you need that, that element in there. And, uh, yeah, just those factors put together, um, you know, apply to anything, not just this, but, you know, sports, you know, academics, whatever, you know, uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I guess before we start wrapping up, this is possibly kind of out there question. Um, but just something I'm, I'm very curious about. So going into like the, uh, the Bigfoot, a lot of like the different cryptid concepts, uh, people are starting to kind of believe that they might be like interdimensional beings, um, or that they have this ability to like transition between dimensions. So having your experiences, have you ever seen anything that, you know, is like Bigfoot like, or any like particular cryptid or anything like that? Oh, no, I can't say that I have, um, other than, you know, in sleep paralysis or, you know, in, in these other dimensions, but, but here in this physical dimension, uh, not really that I can remember, you know, I mean, here's the thing I've had experiences, um, where sometimes, um, I'm not exactly sure where it happened. Like sometimes I'll remember something that it really seemed like it happened here in this world, like in my room. And, you know, I'm not sure if, if it was sleep paralysis or if I was out of my body. Um, but, you know, Bigfoot and cryptids, uh, not so much, you know. Um, you know, I, I believe these things probably exist, but I don't have any personal encounters with them. Yeah, I've always kind of personally seen them as more of like a physical thing, the more I kind of go into it rather than interdimensional. But, you know, just for the mm -hmm. sake of asking if people are lucid dreaming to see if they... uh you know, I've ever in a way had like a flyby with uh, these types of beings like that. It could kind of further the idea that they may or may not be interdimensional. So I just figured I'd ask. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, for an entity to be interdimensional like that, to be able to shift between the physical dimension and non-physical reality, um, it would require like such an enormous degree of like uh, development. And um, I, I don't think these types of entities, the cryptids, are there you know what i mean mm -hmm. that's why i kind of like i said i kind of take them as like more of a physical thing for the most part but the bigfoot one is the one that kind of makes me question it a little bit just because you know they theoretically could have been around since the beginning of time so like who knows how far advanced they may or may not be considering we wouldn't have like hands-on physical interaction with them even if they're smart enough to know that like humans equal dangers so they just stay the hell away from people <laughs> right right yeah who knows man but possible. Um, I always like to wrap up the show um, before I get to, you know, where everybody can find you, find your book uh, with words of wisdom from the guest to the listener. So if there's anything that you could bestow on the listeners, what would it be? Uh, well, I think it would be what I've gained from my experiences, you know, astral projecting, lucid dreaming, higher states of consciousness, which is, you know, who we are is so much more than just, these physical bodies and, you know, this brain and, you know, these thoughts that we have and these beliefs, uh, we are so much more uh, vast and powerful, uh, you know, entities. Our consciousness um, exists in these higher dimensions, whether you realize it or not, even if you don't have these experiences, uh, there are higher aspects of, of you, of who you are that exist in these higher spiritual realities. And so, you know, by doing these uh, practices, astral projection and all that, um, you can actually, you know, access these higher levels of, of yourself 
and and you know learn through firsthand experience you know who you truly are and what this reality really is about and uh it can be really transformational stuff so um yeah you know i i would recommend uh looking into it maybe picking up my book or you know other books on the subject and uh yeah that's pretty much it so uh if anybody enjoyed this conversation they want to come find the book uh anything that you want to add in at the end for links uh where where would they find you where would they find your book yeah just head over to uh, amazon.com you know the book is called uh astral projection and lucid dreaming spiritual revelations and out-of-body experiences in higher dimensions uh, my name is vincent field and you know you can find the book uh in paperback kindle audiobook you know whatever your preferred format is you know just do it up we got you covered Awesome. I uh, really appreciate you making the time to come on the show today. And I'm sure I'll probably have you on in the future because there's a lot more stuff we could talk about. But thanks for taking the time to uh, come on the show today, man. Definitely, man. I appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, all the listeners that are still around, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.